Welcome to Senior Moments on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Okay, Sharon, we are on the air, and our first guest is on the line. And so we have Teresa Saunders on the line. Teresa? Hello, Sharon. How are you? I'm uh, cold and wet and quack, quack, quack. (laughs) (laughs) Well... Indeed, I understand. <laughs> and when, I hope we don't have another summer like last summer. It's just, uh, um, we have to, though, I just listened to the weather and it said it was going to be sunny Thursday, Friday. <laughs> that's right. It, indeed, it looks like the long weekend coming up is going to be lovely for yeah, people who are able to get outdoors. Good you remind me. I would have driven in on Monday, you know, because I'm volunteering <laughs> at John Howard right now. and, and uh, No, stay home. <laughs> I'll stay home. So now, Madame, I understand after five years you are thinking of retiring again? That is right. Second retirement coming up in not many days. <laughs> what was your first retirement? I retired in 2009 from the school district. Okay. Uh, and and how long were you allowed to be off? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know... Um, Okay. How shall I frame this? Uh, re- retirement, as in doing nothing, never su- never would suit me. And so it wasn't long after I retired from the school district that I went searching for things to do. Um, and uh, there is no end of ways that you can contribute to our community, I found. Uh, and so I, I did several years of volunteering for various organizations, and including hospice and the community mm-hmm. foundation. Mm-hmm. Uh, the choir I sang with, cantata singers, et cetera. And so, um, and then the Prince Royal Symphony Orchestra. And, and it just, you know, found ways to, um, to become involved and yeah. busy. Yeah. You know, um, I had been off, what, two years now that I've, I've not worked. And, uh, I started volunteering at, at John Howard. And so, when I was coming in, and I was only doing a couple of days a week. Now it's kind of full time for a while. And Careful. Yeah, yeah, I know. And so I was coming into the radio station, but I ended up parked in front of John Howard Society. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I get that. <laughs> I, um, and so your position at um, at the Prince George Symphony is was executive director. Well, we actually, it was the general manager, we, with the name of the position was general manager. Yeah. Uh, we've now actually uh, changed the name of the position to executive director with Ken Hall's, right. um, with Ken Hall coming to us, yes. Yeah. And you were yeah. called interim. That's right. I was, <laughs> uh, I was called the interim general manager because it, it was 2016. Yeah. Uh, I had sat on the PGSO board for a number of years. I had... Uh, taken the role of president and was past president at the time uh, when the, the general manager of the day let us know that he would be taking a parenthood leave for six months beginning October 2016. Mm-hmm. And at the, in the year of 2016, there were a couple of pretty major issues uh, for the board. One was that we were right smack in the middle of the two-year process of hiring a new music director and conductor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was quite a process and has a number of official parts to it. Um, because, yes, and then the second issue was that we were quite distinctly in the red. Oh, yeah. Uh, we had a, a, a large deficit um, in our fund line on our 
financial plan yeah. or financial report, and we needed to find a way to quickly make a shift. Yeah. Um, and the idea that we could bring someone new into the organization with those two major things <laughs> happening um, just didn't make sense. Yeah. Um, I, I have an administrative background in the school district, and I thought, and I knew the I knew the organization well. Uh, mm-hmm. As part of the board, I'd worked quite closely with the two most recent and three actually three most recent uh, general managers. So I thought I had a, a good background, and I yeah. thought, well, you know, it, it, it's not golf season in October <laughs> through March, and yeah. I could do this. Yes. Um, and so <laughs> I took on that six-month position. Now, very shortly after I did, the general manager uh, chose to go a different route and was hired by a different uh, a, a different organization. Mm-hmm. And so uh, th- I said to the board, don't rush to hire. I, I felt that I was really um, starting to understand the finances of the organization, especially the administration, and mm-hmm. where we could make some changes, some significant changes. And so um, here I am, five years later, saying, I think that's enough now. Yeah. <laughs> well, I hope that the summer's nice for you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. The golf course certainly calls. Yes, yes, yes. So what's the best part of the job? I mean, um, I've been in a nonprofit where we were in the red, and, you know, you really have to think about how you're going to pull yourself out of there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's lucky it happened that while ago and not during COVID. I don't know. <laughs> I think that would have been jumping off the, the moon. <laughs> so you, that would have been a real challenge. But was there, like, a really favorite thing that you'd like to do that brought you in every day besides trying to raise money? Um, you know, th- that part of it, I always like that kind of a challenge, and so I found it challenging to try and uncover uh, where the where the sources of over overspending were, mm-hmm. and to see where we could make cuts without mm-hmm. without decimating an artistic program. Now, the first year or two, we actually had to cut back quite severely on our artistic program, and mm-hmm. bless our patrons, they they stuck with us, even though the. We didn't have as many people in our orchestra. We didn't have as many musicians, mm-hmm. um, and we weren't able to bring up high, pay, you know, well-paid extras, mm-hmm. well-paid um, special guests. Yes, but um, we did good down-home programming thanks to the interim conductor uh, Jose Delgado Guevara. And then when Michael Hall started, he understood the situation and was able to uh, go with the plan that we had and. Over that next year, things really began to turn around. Um, I think one of the issues had been just that we'd had quite a succession of general managers over a relatively short period of time, and no one had had the opportunity to really do the deep dive to see where the spending was mm-hmm. taking place and how those savings could be made. So I, 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 loved, I loved that challenge, and it was very rewarding, although certainly there were times when, you know, you just wondered, will we even exist yeah. in the next month or so? So, so that was. But, you know, Sharon, the most rewarding part of this work for me has been the people. Yes, it has been the joy of working with a very fine conductor, Michael Hall. Mm-hmm. We had a very good working relationship, and we had a very similar um, philosophy and viewpoint of how to proceed uh, 
to make things better in our organization, both musically and administratively. Uh, so, so that was always a joy. The other thing for me as a layperson, not a musician, was the sheer joy of learning more about classical music mm-hmm. and having the having the opportunity to experience it live again and again and again more than anyone would because you do sit through rehearsal after rehearsal yeah. and just the joy of being able to see what what's going on in rehearsal one and see the product at the end of a concert i found that when things got dreary and kind of heavy and you're you you're, if you get a little discouraged by the, the administrative work, as soon as we had a program uh, to put on, as soon as Michael Hall arrived in town and we got going on that, the joy came back. Mm-hmm. And I would sit in dress rehearsals and think, this is why we do what we do. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. It, it it's powerful, it's joyful, it enhances life in Prince George, it enhances the life of those who, who come and listen. Um, and here and see us. That that is, and then and then and then there are the patrons. Yes. Oh my goodness, I have fallen in love with so many wonderful patrons who have supported us through thick and thin, um, and just share that joy of mm-hmm. hearing fine uh, orchestral music. Yeah, and that and patrons are you know they're the the solid part of keeping it going uh, without them where would um, Prince George Symphony Orchestra be we, we wouldn't yeah, yeah exactly right. you've got to have those people who are dedicated and supportive you know and the other thing that I can add to that is you know when we talked um, and you and I kind of thought about uh, when my when I met Michael when we Introduce Michael over uh, on this program, and then out of that came um, Maestro and Friends. And you know, once a month, Michael uh, does a show, and I'm part of it, and Judy's part of it. And I have met, I think, two musicians that are the most wonderful people. And the other part is I want to research so that I can be on the same page as Michael. And you talk about what you've learned. What I'm learning, um, just so that I can have a conversation about what we're talking about. But, you know, like I just fell in love with the, the musicians. They've got this sensitivity and this love and this warmth that just radiated in and they were here you know that was the great part <laughs> yes. it's absolutely true Sam. yeah i uh, the, that that is the other aspect that that brings joy is working with the musicians both both those who are, are professional musicians yeah. and those who are our community volunteer musicians who yeah who absolutely uh, are so, are so dedicated to yeah. doing their very best for this orchestra uh, through thick and thin and over many years, uh, and I, I I'm nothing but grateful and um, amazed at the kind of talent we have in Prince George and the wonderful people who play for us. Yes, and um, I can't remember the flautist's name, but um, she she uh, what. I don't know. There's a, something so beautiful about her and her. She had, I think she had three f- flutes with her. Um, and Piccolo, I think, was there. And, you know, 
I said, I think you must be a perfectionist. And she laughed and she said, Sharon, all musicians are perfectionists. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That was Ariane Crossland. Ariane, that's it. Play. Yeah. Yeah. Because yes. I, I just thought there's a person who, well, b- both of them. Uh, and uh, next week we'll meet... Um, uh, Prosser, I think his name is. Oh, great. The, well, how wonderful. Our trumpet player. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, and I'm, I mean, I'm learning. I'm learning that these people are not those fancy people in fancy suits who are playing classical <laughs> music. <laughs> They're people who love, me, who love music. That's right. Yeah. And you know, it's one of the things I'm sort of saddest about is that that is the impression that people have, and I think I had too, uh-huh. uh, before I came to know this work better. But you're right. There's no stuffiness about these mm-hmm. uh, about the PGSO. This is an orchestra. Um, this is a, a something different here. There's a community uh, involved, and people are welcoming. They're warm. They they want to build a beautiful sound and play for the people in our audience and connect with the audience. One of the best things this year that's come out of COVID is our um, needing to shift to uh, entertaining a smaller audience. And this fall, when we were able to do that with audiences of 50, um, people got to see these musicians of ours up close and personal Mm -hmm. in a way they've never done so before. And they could see the passion, they could see the effort, mm-hmm. they could see the concentration and the communication from musician to musician. And it, it, it just astounded people that they got to have this whole other impression of who our musicians are. Um, it, it was deeply personal, and they loved it. At the same time, we, had, we, we gave people the experience of watching Michael Hall from the front and the side, yeah. rather than just from the back, if you're sitting in an audience, yes. uh, in, a, in a concert hall. And again, just to see that the way he makes that beautiful music with our musicians is a gift. Uh, mm-hmm. That's a program that we we learned a lot from, and that we want to continue to do uh, because people people really enjoyed it, and it's just a different way of presenting music than the the traditional thought to be stuffy mm-hmm. concert music in a concert hall. Yes. Well, I think you know everybody's dressed up at their very best, and and. Uh, and we're in the audience sitting below, and they're on an, you know, they're kind of above us, and yep. we're not wearing a, a tuxedo, and, and, <laughs> and, but, you know, Ariana has a bunch of kids, and, and she is very talented, but she's a mom. Yes. And yes. she's, she works, and yes. I think people just need to know that uh, we're just so lucky that we have this talent in our community. And you know, my friend Greta down in, in Quinnell told me that, um, Quinnell is getting to be quite the artsy place as well. And, and I, I don't know what brings that in, if it's the university or, you know, how that happens. But uh, I remember it was all country western. Except when I was in Toronto, and then of course I'd be at the O'Keefe Center watching everything. (laughs) You know, uh, Matt Wood plays trombone for us, and I'm not trombone. Uh, tuba. Uh-huh. And I hope, I hope one day Matt will be one of your guests oh, with Michael. Good. Yeah. Um, Matt is uh, an administrator. Uh, he's an uh, administrator up at UNDC. And, um, 
he he came one of the reasons he came to Prince George was because he knew that we had an orchestra and he wanted to play in that orchestra oh. as it was as it was his timing was right yeah uh, because uh the person who was playing two before us retired, and there was a position for Matt. Um, he he just he he said here in a booklet that we've just produced, we uh. highlighted Matt, and he said, "Why is PGSO so great?" And he said, <laughs> "You have a much better chance of seeing someone you know on stage." Without fail, I get an email on Monday saying, "I had no idea you play tuba." <laughs> It's yep. so true. Yeah, it really is. Now, one of the important things is to get members. And um, and so you have a board of directors. You have a membership. I think people, if, uh, it would be really nice for them to go on your website um, because uh, Judy's giving me a signal. We've got <laughs> two minutes left. And so as supporting um, the Prince George Symphony Orchestra, People go on the website and see how to support them. Absolutely, that would be we, we would be grateful. Yeah, any support, any support people can give us is very much appreciated. Yes, and it's a nonprofit, and you've got you're celebrating fifty years. We are, yeah, which is and you know that's huge. Fifty years. It's amazing that we've come this far. It's amazing that we still exist in a community that typically wouldn't have a symphony orchestra. We're a surprise. We're a big surprise to people. Yeah. It's not, it's, it's been a difficult road uh, over that many years. Yeah. But one that, that, that we're, those of us who've been involved are very committed to seeing continue for another 50 years in our community. Well, I want to thank you for your five. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll go after you for a volunteer job. I'll get you one. <laughs> and then we're going to take a break and then ask Ken to give us a call and we'll introduce him. I think he was on this morning, but not everybody listens at this time. So thank you, Teresa, for all your good work. Thank you so much, Sharon, and I'll ask Ken to phone in now. Thank you. And we're going to take a short break and we'll be back with Ken Hall after the break. Featuring the latest songs from artists in Canada and from around the world. Hosted by DJs from coast to coast to coast. 30 minutes of Canada's newest music downloaded exclusively from the Earshot's digital distribution system. For more information about the show, check out earshot-distro.ca. Listen up, Canada. This is your show on your station. Canada's Earshot Daily. Earshot Daily, weekday nights at 1125 here on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Excavation is underway in preparation for the construction of two new apartment buildings behind Mr. PG. Access to the Prince George Landmark is still available during construction via the access road from Rec Place Drive or from the sidewalk running along the south side of Highway 97. More information about Mr. PG can be found on the city website at princegeorge.ca slash mrpg. If you are affected by dementia, you are not alone. The Alzheimer's Society of BC currently offers telesupport groups for care partners who are caring for someone living with dementia. The Interior and Northern BC Telesupport Group meets the second Tuesday of each month from 7 to 8 and the third Monday of each month from 2 to 3. For more information or to register, call the First Link Dementia Helpline at 1-800-936-6033 or email info.helpline at alzheimerbc.org. 
Forecast from Environment Canada today, rain, wind southwest at 30K, temperature steady near 6. Tonight, rain ending late this evening, then cloudy, with a 40% chance of showers. Southwest winds becoming light this evening, a low of 2. Wednesday, a mix of sun and cloud, wind northeast at 20K in the afternoon, a high of 14. Brought to you in part by Riverbend Manor, you're listening to Senior Moments on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Okay, Sharon, we're back on, and we've got Ken on the line. Uh, Ken Hall. Yes. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and and I, I want to say off the bat, you're not related to Michael. That's correct. Are yes. you sure? Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, somewhere in the distant past, I suppose we probably are. <laughs> probably, yeah. There's a lot. Of, I know a few halls, and yeah. and most of them are really nice people. So, uh, <laughs> I haven't met one yet. I went to school with the hall. He was he was a really good guy. So, when did you arrive into beautiful Prince George? Uh, just. Uh, two and a half weeks ago, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah. Have you got unpacked? Oh, no, my furniture just arrived on Saturday, so that's uh, a work in progress. Oh, boy. <laughs> and and where did you move from? I came from Toronto. Oh, yeah, yeah. so did I. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I came a long, long, 1968 is when I oh, wow. I moved to B.C., um, but you're going to love it here in Prince George if you were a Halliburton person or or Minden or any of those places. No, you know, I was living right in downtown Toronto, but uh, I actually grew up in Calgary, so I, oh, I, okay. I've yeah. been missing the mountains for 20 years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's flat country. I said I always knew what direction I was going in in Ontario because it was so flat. And here I get really mixed up. <laughs> so welcome to Prince George. Well, thank you. Yes. And to your new position as executive director, um, is is uh, Teresa going to mentor you for a while? Or yeah, we, we've got uh, a month. We're sort of halfway through already, unbelievably. Yes. Um, where she's kind of showing me where she's put things and why she's doing things the way she's doing and yeah. who I need to know and all those sorts of things. Yeah, and yeah. and you know that uh, Michael uh, does a show with us once a month called Maestro and Friends. Yeah. And uh, we uh, will have him on next week with Mr. Prosser. That you're a trumpeter. Indeed, yes. A, a trumpeter doesn't mean he supports Trump. It means he plays a he plays a trumpet. Because when I put in search yesterday, it brought up the Trump family, and I <laughs> I didn't want to know anything about them. I wanted to know about trumpets because I have I have to try to under, understand kind some of the stuff that Michael talks about. And that's the whole reason for having him on, is to help us understand the musical instruments that we have. Mm-hmm. Now, you're uh, a musician. What is your uh, instrument? I'm a flute player. Okay. Yeah. So, like Ariana. Uh, that's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, what a, a lovely person she is. And boy, she really um, made my... did. She connected to my... Um, Abdominal aorta. <laughs> I had such. A, she played right here in the room, eh? And it was just so beautiful. Oh, it's wonderful. Yeah. yeah. And so you've taken on a bit of a job here. I think um, 
is kind of interesting. You were you spent twenty years in the arts. Uh, yeah, well, over twenty years now. Uh huh. Yeah. As administrative, and were you playing at that time? Yeah, I mean, off and on. I I had some. I did my master's degree in the flute, mm-hmm. and but I've had some uh, some injury issues over the years, and that's been part of the reason I kind of backed away and started looking for other things, okay. and uh, and that ended up being arts administration. But I, I still I love playing chamber music whenever I can, and mm-hmm. you know, so still keep my hand in a little bit, but it's uh, oh good. Yeah, you know, it's hard to it's hard to get motivated to practice when you're not actually practicing for something. So you always have to find some you know some performance or or something to do. Yeah, that, that'll it's true. Because Ariana, she pract- she told me how much she practiced, and I thought, oh, you know, my musical instrument is the ukulele. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't have to practice. <laughs> Anybody can play the ukulele. <laughs> Especially well, to if be fair, can... anyone can play the flute too, or just oh. uh, maybe not well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's right. No, the flute and uh, the musical instruments. Uh, um, you know, there's a. The, it takes a little more than than three A, B, and C. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you do have to know all the chords. <laughs> yeah, you do. You do. Though I have to say, I did play. I I um, played a classical number. On the ukulele, oh, yeah. and uh, um, I just did the frets on the paper, and it was really quite lovely. And I think that you could probably do anything with any musical instrument if you put your mind to it. Oh, I, I completely agree. I, I mean, one of my favorite musical experiences, uh, just going off, off the beaten path a little bit, was uh, playing Star Wars music on a carved out car or a cow horn. Oh my! <laughs> <laughs> you can do that. You can do anything. Yeah, you absolutely. And how's the poor cow? <laughs> well, I don't know. Hornless. It's hornless. <laughs> I didn't meet the cow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, so you were, did you play, mo- uh, teach mostly with children's programs or you're all over the place like I am right now? <laughs> well, I mean, so the place I was, I was the longest in Toronto was uh, called the Canadian Children's Opera Company. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a mix. So the, there is an outreach component. Obviously, there's a lot of education because you're working with kids. Yeah. But it's also, uh, it's the children's choir, essentially, for the, for the Canadian Opera Company. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a professional standard that's expected, and we would commission and perform complete operas. I mean, Wow. One act operas, but still um, operas with uh, with kids in all the uh, the singing roles, basically. Wow. Um, but you know, professional orchestra and all that. So um, it, it, it's a mix of, of you know working with other professionals and uh, and you know working with the kids to get them up to that level, right? So yeah, I mean, you know, when I I was reading this, I was thinking of that. I can't remember that girl's name that was on. I think it was America Got Talent. But she had an opera voice for a girl that was 12 or 13. I don't know how that could happen. Like, I thought that we're playing a record in the background. And, yeah, and I mean, there are occasionally individual. I think Julie Andrews is famously had, like, basically a fully developed adult voice when she was very young. Wow. So it happens. Mm-hmm. Um but you have to be very careful and 
you know, when, when I was working there, we'd be very, very careful because, of course, you get parents who have, you know, Dreams. stars in their eyes yeah. about their their children, and they're, mm-hmm. they're they're pushing them into things that maybe aren't healthy. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'd always focus on on actual healthy vocal development and good technique, and uh, you know, teaching them the basics. And no, because you know, opera. opera People people think of opera as a style of music, but it really isn't, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's uh, you know opera can be in any style of, mm-hmm. of singing, really. Yeah. But yeah. everyone kind of associates that you know very large nineteenth century big yeah. sound. Yeah. Um, the contralto. Uh, yeah, or, or with you know, the, the horns on her head, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and it's it's you know, and that's not where modern opera is going to. So it's it's kind of. It's kind of interesting to see the shift there, too, away from this sort of very 19th century idea of what opera is to, to something that's more modern and, you know, fits well, you know, what in, people in do now. The 50s, uh, the movies that we went to had uh, Mary Alanza and Enzio Penza, and there was someone else um, who were opera sing- Singers, mm-hmm. and yet they were making movies. And us kids were introduced to opera through those kind of movies, which I think, I think what you were doing in Toronto with the kids is wonderful. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It was very satisfying, right? And uh, I, I always said that the kind of teenagers who are interested in singing opera are not the roughest crowd around. That's right. right. <laughs> That's right. But I have this completely skewed view of what teenagers are like. I think they're just all brilliant, creative, yes. self-motivated people. And, you know. Yeah. Yep. Well, that's one part. <laughs> and then you can ask some of the mums I know about the other part. <laughs> yeah. And so, but I think that, you know, I just think that's really... Um, Absolutely. To, did they sing them in another language, or did they sing them in English? Oh, I, I mean, our main commissions tended to be in English, yeah. although we did, um, one of the last commissions I worked on was uh, a show called The Monkey is King, mm-hmm. and it was uh, partly in Mandarin. Oh, my. And, yeah, it was, it was a really interesting project. We had uh, a Chinese-Canadian composer and... Um, librettist and so there, there we had Chinese instruments mixed wow. into the orchestra oh, nice. and all, all kinds of uh, interesting stuff happening um, and yeah I mean learning languages is one of the fun things about uh, singing mm-hmm. in a choir or mm-hmm. singing right you, mm-hmm. you get you get to uh, learn to appreciate those things and learn some interesting things so I think we had one concert several years ago where we had I think 17 different languages wow. <laughs> in the concert <laughs> but that's wonderful I mean you're 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 uh, stimulating the brain in in certain areas that I think that we don't always use uh, absolutely and uh, it, it's one of those things that you, like you know if you learn three languages when you're a kid then you just it's mm-hmm. easy, and you know them, right? And mm-hmm. and uh, you know us, us poor people who only learned one. When yeah, kids, learning a second language is hard work. It right? is. So yeah, um, I think just opening that up is is big, and you know, even learning different consonants and different vowel sounds yes. and stuff. It it really opens up your appreciation wow. of what a language is. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I'm kind of thinking. I wonder if. Maybe that's going to happen. If you're going to, as the new ED, if you're going to develop something for the kids, 
to get involved in, you know? Well, that's, I mean, that's certainly something I, I'm, I'm thinking about. And, I mean, it's very, very early days, obviously. Yes. I need to uh, learn a lot more about uh, what, what the education is going mm-hmm. on in town and, mm-hmm. and who, to, who to partner with. But I would love to, uh, to think more about what the symphony can be doing in terms of, of getting kids involved in education. Because, I mean, ultimately, our, if we want our art form to survive, we need to start reaching younger audiences, yes, right? Yes, yes. And, and I think the biggest way to do that is to uh, just introduce kids and make sure that they have a really positive association and, and enjoy it and hopefully like get involved yeah. I think that's a big part of it right like I don't, don't just play music at them but right. <laughs> get them involved in making it and uh, you know actively listening and appreciating it yeah because in in the 50s um, uh, the, there were a lot of songs that were at least back east where I was and I and I was outside of Toronto I lived outside of Toronto the um, we were learning songs in Italian because there was a great Italian neighborhood there, mm-hmm. but the the musicians were singing them, like the famous uh, uh, Dean Martin. He sang a couple, but before that, there was there were singers that would sing in their own language, and we learned it. Sure, and we could sing along with the record. And when I wanted to learn uh, Spanish, I got some Spanish music. Um, from Mexico, some CDs, and I learned to sing along with them. And and I think uh, that way you your tongue kind of gets the idea of which way it's supposed to go when you're speaking a different language. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. This. I, I mean, I don't know much about it really, but there's there's a lot of um, I think interesting stuff about how language is processed in the brain, you know, with music mm-hmm. and without, because mm-hmm. it's, it's a different part of the brain, right? So. Yeah. I think they've had cases of people who you know lost their ability to speak, but they can still sing in yes. in a language, right? And it would, I mean, I don't know how that works, but it's, yeah, it's I don't fascinating either. anyway. Yeah, but I think it's great. So um, you, we have um, one thing coming up. When is it on May the twenty? May the thirtieth is, is our next concert. Yeah, uh, and and that's going to be virtual. Yes. Sadly, we're still still living in that world. Yes. But, yes, yeah, so, so that goes live uh, on Sunday the 30th at 7.30 p.m. And Splendorous Spring. And how do people get into that? Do you have to get a ticket? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the tickets are available now uh, on our website. So that's pgso.com. Mm-hmm. Um, or they can phone us or just drop by. Mm-hmm. Um, we're open 9 to 4.30 on weekdays. Okay. And uh, so tickets will be available until that stream airs on Sunday night, uh, okay. you know, weekend after this coming one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's, it'll actually be online for two weeks. Oh. Um, but you can't buy tickets online, so you have to, to phone or drop by okay. after May 30th okay. if, you, if you still want to get into that. So what instruments will be playing well, um, there's a big, big flute solo, actually. No? <laughs> so um, they're doing the Debussy's uh, Prelude à la Première d'Enfant, uh-huh. which is, uh, it opens with that marvelous, marvelous flute solo. Uh-huh. And, uh, and then there's a, a Mozart violin concerto mm-hmm. and uh, Aaron Copland's Appalachian Spring. Oh, yes. Which is uh, just oh. a very lively, fun piece, right? Yes, so, yeah. Yeah. And and so that 
that's wonderful. And then, well, you when you develop programs, um, I guess is it you and Michael that develop the future programs, or you and Michael and the musicians? Yeah, the musicians will definitely be involved, especially with the the smaller chamber music. Yes, where they they have a little more control over what they they want to play. Mm-hmm. Um, for the bigger concerts, the, the sort of full orchestra concerts, it's, it's really Michael's choice. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's he's working in consultation with with me and you know obviously Teresa in the past and and the musicians as well. And uh, you know if, if he's dealing with a soloist, and soloist might suggest a piece and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. But I, I'll be involved more in the sort of strategic level of planning as opposed to actually picking exact you know. The final choice of pieces will be up to Michael. And so, will you have a singer on any of these? I don't know yet. I don't. I don't think we have a singer on this coming season. But mm-hmm. we're, I'm kind of pushing for something like that for one of the chamber concerts, maybe. Yeah. Because I listened to yeah. Brian Adams uh, today mm-hmm. singing "If You Love a Woman" or "Do You Love a Woman." The music in that is the most beautiful music. It's all kind of Spanish, kind of. And and I was just thinking as we were talking, wouldn't it be lovely to have the orchestra playing and have somebody singing that oh, wow. song? Well, you're talking to someone who just spent 20 years working in opera, so you don't have to you don't have to work on me too hard. To <laughs> <laughs> get me on board with something like that. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, well, um, Judy's giving me the sign two minutes. So, is there anything you'd like to say? I know that you were already on today, but uh, we have a different listening audience. So, is there anything you'd like to say to Prince George? <laughs> It's just, uh, it's great to be here, and, uh, you know, it's, everyone's been so welcoming so far. It's been absolutely a wonderful experience, and, wonderful. Uh, you know, look forward to, to getting to know the, the place and getting to know the people, and uh, uh, I have to say that ravens are a huge upgrade over pigeons. <laughs> they certainly are. <laughs> and watch out for the Canada geese, because they're, they're monsters. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's been wonderful to meet you. You know how to get a hold of us. If there's something we can do to help the Prince George Symphony Orchestra, we will be more than happy. And uh, I hope to talk to you again, Ken. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, and welcome to Prince George. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Okay. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be back with you with Donna Flood from the Prince George Hospice. Healthy Aging by United Way is presenting active aging workshops in conjunction with Council of Seniors and the Native Friendship Center. Upcoming virtual workshops include a birdhouse project with Sheena and Perry today at 2 and Scams Awareness with Nicole Tuesday, June 8th at 2. Free for ages 55 and up. To register, call 250-564-4324 or email nhc at pgnfc.com. For more information, contact the Native Friendship Center or the Council of Seniors. If your loved one has dementia but can still safely wear a mask, there are a variety of things you can do to help them. Use simple words to explain why people are wearing masks and be prepared to repeat this. Demonstrate putting a mask on and help them adjust to wearing the mask by gradually increasing time spent wearing the mask at home. Also be sure to alleviate stress by identifying yourself and providing reassurance. Individuals who experienced sexual misconduct as a member of the Canadian Armed Forces or as an employee of the Department of National Defense may qualify for financial compensation and participate in a restorative engagement program. Staff of the non-public funds Canadian Forces may also be eligible. 
claims for financial compensation and the restorative engagement program must be filed by November 24th. Be heard. To file a claim, visit caf-dndsexualmisconductclassaction.ca. Forecast from Environment Canada today, rain, wind southwest at 30K, temperature steady near 6. Tonight, rain ending late this evening, then cloudy, with a 40% chance of showers. Southwest winds becoming light this evening, a low of 2. Wednesday, a mix of sun and cloud, wind northeast at 20K in the afternoon, a high of 14. Brought to you in part by Riverbend Seniors Community on 93.1 CFISFM. This is Senior Moments. Okay. Uh, yeah, we're on. Um, I have to send her a text message and then she'll get back to us. Okay. Um, so I think, you know, meeting uh, Ken Hall um, is was pretty neat. And I think... It, some of our listeners heard him this morning. Um, and look the up the idea, maybe having an opera group for kids and uh, and then maybe having a singer. That would be really neat. I, and I want to thank all the people that support um, the Prince George Symphony Orchestra for, for doing that. And uh, and Teresa, she's going to take a bit of a rest, and then I'll go after her to find her a job. I know everybody will be wanting to get her. Um, Prince George uh, Council of Seniors, uh, they've got a, a, a virtual workshops going on. And uh, June the 8th might be one that you really want to check out. It's called Scams Awareness with Nicole. And I'll give you the phone number and the email address to sign up for that because I cannot believe I've been hacked and uh, other friends have been hacked lately and we're getting all of these requests for money, money, money. And someone just sent me a note saying that I have $485.27 waiting for me at, at this site. So Scam Awareness with Nicole. Now the phone number is 250-564-4324. That's 564-4324. Or you can email N is a Norman HC at P is in Peter G N is a Norman F is in Fred C dot com. And then, uh, the email, um, They'll email you the link to uh, to the workshop, and uh, and then there was a workshop about um, if someone dies in BC, what do you do? And the suggestions are get informed, look uh, for the resources you need, be prepared because you will be, you will be making many decisions. And you're going to feel overwhelmed and confused. Uh, you need to make the right decisions. So um, that one has was online, but it's passed. There's a virtual grandmother's meeting gathering, and there's free lunch delivered. And join to um, share stories, wisdom, experience, laughter, and tears. 
So to register for this for May 28th, that's Friday, May 28th, from 11 a.m. till 12.30 p.m., you can get a hold of Lola Dawn at ld.pgcos at gmail.com. That's ld.pgcos at gmail.com or phone Prince George Council Seniors at 250-564-5888. Or you can get a hold of Aaron Anderlini. And Aaron is at Native Friendship Center. And her email is E-A-N-D-E-R-L-I-N-I at PG nfc.com phone 250-564-3568 and that's for the gathering of grandmothers and I've been involved in these and they are lots of fun and it's from 11 till 12.30pm on Friday May 28th and there's a free lunch delivered which is kind of a neat thing and I think it's kind of neat to get together with other women who are grandmothers who have raised children who have raised grandchildren some of them and uh, uh, the one that we did we exchanged recipes (laughs) (laughs) that would be fun yeah and out of that group I hired a woman Oh yeah, uh, Anne Halikowski. She was in that group that we did, and she stood up and was talking. And I thought, hmm, I think that that's when I was at Phoenix House, and I I had a job description for grandmothers, mm-hmm. Phoenix grandmothers, and Anne ended up working over at the uh, Harmony House program, which is for pregnant addicted women yes and it's a very difficult place to work and she was just the greatest grandma and and uh, you know you kind of you get into these places and you've got all these grandmothers around and and the ones that i was at that i facilitated were grandmothers from every nationality every culture yeah and 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 the thing that i thought what do women have in common like what do cultures have in common and so I thought, flatbread. Oh, yeah. We have pancakes. Yep. People have other kinds of flatbread. Yep. And th- that's how Our I cat. started it off. And, and we all talked about the different kinds of flatbread that yep. uh, we had in our culture. And there's an awful lot of them. Yep. Yeah, Bannock is one for First Nations, and and then there's the ro- rogi or whatever it's called for East Indian, and, uh, and Italian have macaroni and and all of this kind of stuff. And I mean, it's all basically the same um, Irish bread. It's all the same ingredients. Yeah, the uh, Scandinavians have hardtack and and lefse. Yeah. Yeah, it's just yeah, yeah. So that was our combination, and so um, the care uh, caregiving support groups go virtual, and and so if you're a caregiver and you're needing to have someone to talk to, 
It says here, caregivers generally don't see themselves as caregivers, but simply as a family member or friend helping someone they love. So they have a tendency to neglect their own needs physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And our support group provides emotional support and information for caregivers of older adults while also offering the following. Feeling less isolated, mutual support, sharing ideas, access to resources, building friendships, confidentiality, shared experiences, safe environment, staying connected. And for more information, get a hold of Nikki Driscoll at 250-961-8290. I don't want to read out the email address. It's just too much, and we're we're not really hip on that. So you can phone the Native Friendship Center, and you get a hold of Nikki Driscoll, D-R-I-S-C-O-L-L, at 250-961-8290. And so if you're a caregiver or you know a caregiver that's... Um, what I always say is you can't keep making withdrawals at the bank. You've got to make deposits. Yeah. And I know when my mother wanted to bring my dad home from the hospital and he was a stroke victim, he couldn't do anything but move his lips and his eyes. I said, five foot four and 140 pounds, and you're going to move a six yeah. foot, 175 pound dead weight around? I don't think so, Mom. And yet she wanted to bring them home. But uh, people don't realize that bringing them home, it's 24-7. Yeah. That you're on call. Yeah. Because you have to look after them. And sooner or later, you're going to burn out. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think just reach out to Nikki and ask about this online family, friend, caregiver, uh, seniors support group and give yourself some care give yes. yourself some love it's it's hard to do when you yeah actually you need to look after yourself first so that you can look after somebody yes else. that's really a good advice judy you know it's not being selfish like we were told yeah. yeah we were told people, yeah. Yeah. Well, if, and you tend to think that way but for that reason i didn't bring my husband home no because no. I knew I was going to have to be on the alert for 24-7. And yeah. let's face it, I can't do it. No, no. And neither could my mother. Nobody can. No. And I don't know why she thought that she could, you know, yeah. tiny little mom. Yeah, no, my husband went to hospice, and that was the best move. Yeah, I, I guess uh, Donna's probably been called on uh, an emergency or something. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, because I haven't been heard back from the text. Yeah. Um, so there's free live dementia and caregiving education webinars for, uh, from the Alzheimer's Society. And unfortunately, Alzheimer's is something, I don't know if we've always had it or if it's something, they called it dementia um, back in the day when I remember people. Yeah, they've gone crazy. Yeah, yeah, that too. Yeah. And they'd lock them in a room. Yeah. No. And so now we have a diagnosis instead of dementia. Yeah. We have Alzheimer's. Though in the research I've been doing on on the glyphosate, one of the 
causes of Alzheimer's is the glyphosate that gets in the food and in, in the meat. And that's probably why we have a lot more of it. Yeah. Also, uh, um, the uh, but us, uh, autis- autism yes. is, is caused by that. So if you want to know more about the support and the webinars that they've got for dementia or Alzheimer's, uh, and if you're with someone that you suspect may be moving in that direction, so yeah. Interior and Northern BC Telesupport. So you can call um, from second Tuesday of the... Well, I won't give you all that. I'll just give you the helpline, and then you can get the rest of the information. So the helpline, um, it's called the Dementia Helpline at one eight hundred nine six three six zero three three, And that's from Monday to Friday from 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. And then there's the local Northern Resource Center, North and Peace. So there's um, here in, in Prince, it's 250-564-7533. And that's info Prince George at Alzheimer's BC org. Now, you may suspect that somebody is is having that, but you know what? They can also be suffering a loss of a vitamin, and um, there's, you know, there's vitamins and minerals that if you don't have them, you may be getting it, and the doctors need to do an assessment. Yeah. But if you're afraid that somebody is, then give this number a call, and uh, I'll repeat the one eight hundred. Number one eight hundred nine six three six zero three three, and that's from Monday to Friday. And ask them what are the symptoms. Yeah, and you could always possibly get them in for an assessment and let the professionals. Yeah. Uh, handle it. Yeah, and let the yeah, and don't be alone with it. You know, get they'll tell you where there's groups that you can yeah. go and get support. Um, it, it's so important. To take care of yourself and you know live a nice healthy life. Yeah. There's uh, another um, notice here about survivor, and it's it's spelled survivor because it's for prostate cancer and um, for the man. And so this is to help men um, improve uh, their flexibility and. I don't know that much because I'm a woman. I don't know that much about prostate cancer, actually. No. And so here's the, the, um, there's a, a meeting on June the 30th. Um, it's Mondays and Wednesdays from one to, to, two o'clock, two p.m. It's Zoom program. I'll give you the phone number. Because the email is just too much for us. It's 778-281-0694. And the instructor is Lisa Newcomb. And Newcomb is N-E-U-K-O-M-M. And this, there's another phone number, but it's long distance. So you will be asked to complete a simple telephone screening 
call prior to the first class. And so if you're a survivor of um, prostate cancer, keep reaching out. Don't go into um, your shell. Apparently there's some simple test that a person can have Mm -hmm. to see whether they've got the prostate cancer, too. It's like us ladies going in for a mammogram. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Same sort of thing, except they didn't don't get squeezed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ouch. Yeah, and so, <clears throat> um, and then I have the the uh, the the Prince George Symphony Orchestra, and uh, and then there's there's uh, how much help do we need with? COVID symptoms. When they started telling me what they were, I said, I've got all of them. I'm old. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. sometimes you really wonder. Yeah, and so we're going to say goodbye, but before we do, I want to give you the senior abuse information line. And if you feel that you're being abused financially, emotionally, mentally, physically, call 1-866- Four three seven, nineteen forty, from a eight a.m. to eight p.m. Except stat holidays, so you don't get abused on stat holidays. Okay, everybody, <laughs> and but it's one eight six six four three seven nineteen forty. If you think you're being abused, and you call. feel like you're being abused, call them yeah. and. Talk and to Tune in next week for Maestro and Friends, and we'll have Michael Hall, the Maestro of Prince George Symphony Orchestra. And a trumpeter. Yeah, we're going to have a trumpeter. Yes, we are. That'll be neat. Yeah. Anyway, stay safe and enjoy the sunshine they say we're going to get on Thursday and Friday. Yeah, for sure. Thanks. Okay. Thanks. We'll talk, uh, talk to you next week. This is Senior Moments signing off. Senior Moments is a co-production of 93.1 CFIS-FM and the Prince George Council of Seniors. Senior Moments is produced by Sharon Hurd with production assistance from A.J. Fair. Theme music is courtesy of Golf Brooks Music. Catch the rebroadcast of today's show tonight at 9 or replay past shows through the podcast at cfisfm.ca. Owned and operated by the Prince George Community Radio Society, you're listening to CFIS-FM Prince George, a not-for-profit community radio station broadcasting with 500 watts of power at 93.1 FM.